Welcome to ACE Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in as we elevate clinical endocrinology by taking deep dives into trends and topics that can help us improve our patient care and global health. Find the latest episodes on aace.com slash podcasts. And now let's meet the endocrine experts who will be talking with us today. Hello, and welcome to our podcast on the benefits of the latest medications in treating type 2 diabetes. And let me introduce myself. I am Dr. Amit Gupta, Director, Center for the Diabetes Care in India. And I am also a member of the Diabetes Resource Center Committee of the ACE. And today we have two very renowned endocrinologists with us to discuss this very interesting topic. That is, what are the benefits of the latest medications in treating type 2 diabetes? I would like to welcome Dr. Bansi Sabu and Dr. Anuj Maheshwari. Dr. Bansi Sabu is the president of the Research Society for the Study of Diabetes in India, that is RSSDI, and he is also happens to be the chairman of the Diacare Hormone Clinics at Ahmedabad. Dr. Anuj Maheshwari is professor of medicine at BBDU University at Lucknow, and he is also the governor-elect for the American College of Physicians India chapter. Welcome, dear Dr. Bansi and Dr. Anuj. Thank you. Thank you, Miss. Thank you. So I would like to begin this discussion by highlighting that in patients with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease is the principal cause of death. However, lowering HbA1c has only a modest effect on reducing cardiovascular disease risk and mortality. The primary goal of type 2 diabetes management is to improve glycemic control to prevent microvascular complications and normalize CVD risk factors to reduce CV events and CV mortality. So among the newest glucose-lowering agents used for the type 2 diabetes, GLP-1 analogs and SGLT2 inhibitors, they raise much interest because of the cardiovascular protection seen in many studies. So I would like to begin with asking Dr. Bansi that, what is so exciting, Dr. Bansi, about these newer glucose-lowering medications? Can they really help to reduce the cardiovascular risk? Samit, first of all, thanks for inviting me for this very wonderful podcast and thanks to ACE also. The question which you are asking is very, very interesting that these newer molecules, particularly GLP-1 and SGLT-2, with their cardiovascular outcome data and trial, they had shown that with the patients who have established cardiovascular disease or with the patients who have multiple risk factor or those who are uh, having already established cardiovascular disease, when they were started, these are glucose-lowering agents like GLP-1 and SGLT-2. They had shown significantly risk reduction in cardiovascular death as well as mortality. So uh, these newer molecules, which we are giving to the patients of diabetes with established cardiovascular disease, decreases CV problem. And that is our major issue while treating a diabetic patients. We are not treating diabetic patients only for glycemic control. We want to treat them for reduction of cardiovascular disease or mortality. And these molecules, not only for cardiovascular disease, but also for CKD progression, also found to be very, very effective. Now, if you see the SGLT2, almost you can say it's like a class effect. All molecules have shown that there is a reduction in hospitalization for heart failure, particularly the patients who have reduced ejection fraction. There was decrease in hospitalization for heart failure as well as there was decrease in cardiovascular death also. And that's the reason now the recent data which had shown that even in non-diabetic patients also, this benefit was there. So these anti-diabetic newer agents are very, very exciting, which we are using since last almost seven, eight years. But the first important trial which was there is MPAREG outcome. And that trial had shown us 
that this is the new way of treating a type 2 diabetic patients we are not treating type 2 diabetic patients only for glycemic control primarily we are treating diabetic patients for prevention of cardiovascular disease also so that's a very interesting trial of sglt2 and then followed by a leader trial of glp1 also had shown a similar benefit but the benefit of leader and dulaglutide trial of rewind which had shown that not only a heart failure is decreased it was in an atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or atherosclerotic coronary artery disease also decreased in the patients with diabetes so the long standing diabetic patients or with multiple risk factors with diabetes our primary aim should not be only glycemic control primary aim should be reduction of complications primarily cardiovascular disease and renal problem thank you dr bansi as you have rightly said today as we stand in 2021 our goal is not just to reduce the glycemic targets but also to minimize the cardiovascular risk so i would like to ask dr anush maheshwari are these drugs beneficial to each and everyone or who are the patients who will actually benefit from these drugs thank you amit for asking this question actually when you ask that will it be actually benefit i take that other drugs will not be as good as these drugs are working there especially in perspective of the sglt2 inhibitor when we talk they are actually very much beneficial for the people those who are already running with the heart failure or some sort of the systolic function failure apart from that people those who are already undergoing for some follow up regarding their cad or uh, they are having the high risk or multiple risk factors with them for that they can get the cardiovascular disease for them sglt2 inhibitor as well as the glp1 receptor agonist both will be highly beneficial sglt2 inhibitor has got a wonderful benefit with all the patients especially those who are having high risk of the chronic kidney disease that it reduces the risk of the end stage renal events including renal death and need for dialysis as well as need for kidney transplantation 30% reduction causes so that is the very important benefit which is being passed on by the sglt2 inhibitor and makes it very much important apart from that the patient those who are having obesity having lot of abdominal fat lot of deposition of the visceral fat in their bellies they are highly benefited with these newer molecules made by glp1 receptor agonist or sglt2 inhibitor thank you i think over the last 20 years we are treating diabetes in a different way as we were doing before that because the entire landscape of treating diabetes has changed over the last 20 years dr bansi i would like to ask you that uh, you already mentioned uh, various trials which have been uh, done with sglt2 inhibitors and the glp1 receptor agonist currently fda approved sglt2 inhibitors which are available in us are empa gliflozin canagliflozin and dapagliflozin and there are four fda approved glp1 receptor agonists liraglutide albiglutide semaglutide and dulaglutide which have been approved by the fda for use what do you think that the cardioprotective effect of glp1 analogs and sglt2 inhibitors they represent a class effect or uh, is it an individual effect so these different clinical trials had shown benefit but they may not show the similar benefit in all clinical trials the reason may be the trial design is different like if you see the dapa trial 
And if you see the MPAREG outcome trial, there is a significant difference because that was having with a multiple risk factor, maximum patients, while in MPAREG, it was 99% patient with having established cardiovascular disease. But one thing which was common to both these trials, there was definitely decrease in hospitalization for heart failure. In DAPA trial, it had not shown for as far as heart end point or a death which was not decreased, while in SGL, in MPAREG outcome, it had shown even death benefit was also there. But now, when a trial of a DAPA heart failure, in the patients with DAPA heart failure trial, they had shown even the benefit with the patients who have reduced injection fraction as far as cardiovascular death is also concerned. So you can say SGLT2, there is a one which was a common benefit to all these. There was definitely reduced injection fraction patient have reduction in hospitalization for heart failure and there is a decrease in cardiovascular death. But that was not found with all SGLT2 as far as decreased in cardiovascular death or decrease in coronary artery disease. The similar way, the if you see all GLP-1, also they had shown the different benefit because the trial design are different, the number of patients and from which regions they are taking from all over the world, multi-centric trial. So that difference is there, but still I can say the more or less their benefit is there and it is of class effect. You can use any of these molecules, but those molecules which are found to have Better benefit you can choose while treating the diabetic patients. If your patient is having a similar type of risk, the way it was used in a randomized control trial. Very interesting observation, Dr. Bansi. Dr. Anush, uh, can you please let us know what are the potential mechanisms which can explain these benefits which we are seeing with SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 agonists? Yes, Amit, very rightly said, or you very rightly asked the very fascinating mechanism SGLT2 inhibitor has, which is the promotion of the glycosuria, reducing the renal threshold for the glucose. And by doing so, it does not only takes away the glucose load of a patient away through the urine, but also it works without interfering with the work of the pancreas, without putting up the extra burden on the pancreas. And this all action remains the insulin independent. Before this molecule, we never had any such molecule which was working without interfering in the work of the pancreas and without uh, acting on the pancreas. Apart from that, it has also few of the more beauties like it promotes osmotic diuresis because of what uh, high concentration of uh, glucose which remains in the urine takes away with it a lot of water also. So uh, patient, those who are having the failure, those who are having the cardiovascular disease, they get benefited as good as they get when they use the diuretics. Every molecule keeps with it an excretion of the sodium ion. So every glucose ion is being exchange with the sodium and because of what it reduces the blood pressure and putting up the positive effect on the cardiovascular risk. A wonderful mechanism of this molecule stays in the utilization of the alternative fuels. This is the most fascinating effect of this molecule through which it reduces the fat load of the body. It makes available the alternative fuel mechanism through which heart utilizes the 
ketone bodies for its own actions and in that way it not only helps heart but also reduces the fat in the body and reduces the risk factors which may make them sick for further complications apart from this when we talk about the glp1 receptor agonist this is another wonderful molecule which is not only working on incretin mechanism it reduces the glucagon secretion also not only increasing the insulin secretion from the beta cell pancreas it reduces the glucagon secretion from the alpha cell so that without getting any hypoglycemia kind effects it works very well for the glucose disposal apart from that the wonderful mechanism which is very much helpful for the cardiovascular risk is it reduces the mimetic activity or you can say the speed of the intestinal movement by doing so it reduces appetite and it works on the multiple mechanisms together to keep the patients helping in losing weight keeping himself normoglycemic as well as cardiovascular risk reduction comes through in these ways thank you amit i think the mechanism of action of these molecules is really a physiological wonder and uh, the weight loss the reduction in blood pressure reduction in blood sugar start seeing almost immediately within 1 to 2 weeks you start getting some kind of response from the patient and it is really fascinating dr bansi after this i would like to uh, understand from you that a large number of cvot trials has been done in patients with type 2 diabetes who have been had high risk for cvd or they had existing cvd and they examine effects on the kidney as a secondary outcome our only credence looked at it directly so sglt2 inhibitors also appear to reduce risk of progression of kidney disease in patients with established ascvd or multiple risk factor for ascvd so can you explain this uh, reno protective effect of uh, these molecules sir so the first primarily these drugs were you know tested with the patient who have established cardiovascular disease but as we know that person who is having established cardiovascular disease or a longer duration of diabetes they are also at the risk of renal problem too and in their sub study or sub groups they found that there is a benefit of these molecules in reducing the further progression of ckd and that already anuj has talked about the mechanism how they are doing it natural disease blood pressure decrease and all these benefits were there and then there was a dedicated trial of ekena for a credence which was primary end point was to see that how much reduction in the progression of kidney disease was there and then they found there was a these sglt2 are really beneficial in the patients who have ckd and primarily when their uh, egfr getting decreased with the less than 60 they found that their further progression is significantly retarded and that is what even their glycemic benefit when the person is having less the egfr the glycemic benefit is actually decreased but we are now using these molecule not primarily for glycemic benefit in patient with ckd primarily we are using for the progression to be halted in patient with ckd so and that is been found and then dapa ckd trial which is recently published has shown this benefit even in non diabetic patient also so not only a diabetic patients their further progression of ckd problem is been halted but it was also there in non diabetic patients too so that's also i can say more or less a class effect was found in renal protection in diabetic patients as well as in non diabetic patients while using sglt2 inhibitor very rightly said sir for the very long time we have been waiting for a molecule which can actually improve the gfr of our patient 
and uh, for the first time sglt2 inhibitors has shown that they can actually uh, not only reduce the deterioration of the kidney function but they can actually improve the gfr if given at the right time and uh, dr anuj uh, i would like to ask you that almost 50% of our patients with type 2 diabetes they may develop heart failure and reduced incidence of heart failure has been observed with the use of sglt2 inhibitors in various trials so uh, may i request you to throw some light on this subject sir yes uh, amit uh, this is also very much important that uh, it is uh, working in our patient those who are having the cardiovascular risk as well as the cardiovascular disease and especially in the patient those who are having the heart failure it works mostly in the patient those who are having the systolic function failure and most of the time it has been seen this effects is usually brought by its activity which causes the osmotic diuresis as i already told you in my previous answer that osmotic diuresis is a wonderful mechanism which is coming up in the process of removing extra glucose molecules from the body through the urine when it reduces the renal threshold for glucose and in this way when glucose is more in the urine it attracts lot of water also with this and by doing so it removes the preload as well as afterload of the heart and heart gets relieved those who are already diseased and those who are healthy hearts but having high cardiovascular risk because of the multiple risk factors they are carrying they also get benefited so that they may not get any problem in near future so in that way it protects not only the existing disease but also protects or, or you can say the prevent from the disease which may come in future regarding the cardiovascular ailments are concerned i think that's a very big advantage considering that almost 50% of our patients they can have heart failure if they are suffering from type 2 diabetes thank you dr anush dr bansi i have a very interesting note in my mind that if we combine sglt2 inhibitors and glp1 analogs will we be able to multiply the uh, cv benefits by combining these agents so definitely these two molecules because their mechanism of actions are different and their benefits can be multiplied by using two together at present we don't have any trial which had shown that still using a single drug against the using two drugs combinedly in a patient with established cardiovascular disease does the benefit is much higher or not but yes i personally feel that the benefit will be more one very important reason is that glp1 and sglt2 both have a weight reducing property and that weight reduction mechanism are two different from glp1 and sglt2 that's number one the glp1 have anti atherosclerotic effect also which sglt2 does not have while the sglt2 have a benefit for the heart failure with the patient who have reduced ejection fraction and patient who have even multiple risk factor for heart failure their decrease was there there was a progression of ckd was reduced in patients who were on sglt2 which is higher with sglt2 inhibitor in compared to glp1 so if i think we combine these two molecules multiple risk factor of the patient with diabetes for the heart disease as well as for ckd will definitely decrease and weight reduction itself is very important because that is reduced by both these molecules and that will be a additive effect if we combine 
both the molecules. In our real clinical practice, I had used in many of my patients where they are on both these molecules. And the benefits of blood pressure reduction or weight reduction, as well as sugar reduction, both, is very, very high when we combine these two molecules and that too without hypoglycemia. So I'm very happy while combining these molecules and there is definitely additive effects as far as benefits are concerned. And I think one more advantage that we get when we combine these two molecules, especially in high-risk patients, is that there is a minimal risk of hypoglycemia. And so, yes, that's uh, what I told, no hypoglycemia. Yes. So uh, there is a minimal risk of hypoglycemia and these patients uh, who are actually having CKD or at already established atherosclerotic uh, cardiovascular disease, we would like to minimize the risk of hypoglycemia as well. So I think here the SGLT2 inhibitors and GLP-1 agonists, they also have an advantage. On this note, I would like to ask from Dr. Anush uh, Maheshwari that seeing uh, all these things, where would you currently position these drugs according to the current recommendations and the various guidelines? As per the current recommendations are concerned, you know that recommendations are the favoring metformin and followed by all the molecules. But also now the recommendations has been revised in the form that the people, those who are having atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, high risk, they can directly be started with these two new molecules, either with the SGLT2 inhibitors or with the GLP-1 receptor agonist. Especially those who are having failure kind of the problem with their cardiovascular disorders, having some systolic failure component. Apart from that, uh, those who are having some higher risk of the CKD, obviously SGLD2 inhibitor is a better choice for them. The rest of the people can go for the GLP-1 receptor agonist, especially those who are more interested in shedding of their lot of kilos or fats. So they can choose the GLP-1 receptor agonist. But very importantly, what I would like to say, what would be I am seeing in the future, that... Uh, SGLD2 inhibitor is not a molecule to be started after second, third or fourth of the drug. It is a molecule which should be started since the very beginning. Especially it is well tolerable in the young people, those who are getting diabetes instead of the people, those who are very much old, already having the frequencies of the urination, already having a little bit difficulties related to the prostate or their urination. So young people are more tolerating and they can definitely be provided the advantages of SGLT2 inhibitor kind of the drug so that it should go on with them till the end of the disease so that without any complication they can complete their lifespan. That's why I wish that if it could be possible in the future in, uh, in the light of the data whatever we shall be having that SGLT2 inhibitor can become a first line drug for all diabetic patients. Rightly said, Anuz, but I just want, you know, that ADA-ESD guideline had thought of four things. As soon as a patient having diabetes, you think of if there is any established cardiovascular disease or a multiple risk factor, and then divided that these patients should be on GLP-1 on SGLT-2. If you want to reduce the hypoglycemia, then you can choose any of the four molecules, but they don't cause hypoglycemia. But again, GLP-1 and SGLT-2 are two of the molecules which can be used when you don't want the hypoglycemia. If weight gain or weight is in a problem for the patient, again, GLP-1 and SGLT-2 both come as a choice of the drug. If only the cost is an issue, and that is in US because these newer drugs are very costly, there they are only saying that you can use sulfonylurea or pyoglitazone. Now, with the molecules, now these molecules which are almost 
the same cost which is having in India, like sulfonylurea, which is now cost-effective as GLT-2 inhibitor are available, or even the dapagliflozin, which is available as a off-patent or by many of generic companies at a very lower price. So I don't think for any four of these things, every place the SGLT2 inhibitor will be useful, and except the GLP-1 because it is injectable and costly, so may not be accepted by many of our patients. The second, RSSDA is not putting these four points. We are putting eight points. We are talking of age of the patient. We talk of BMI. We talk of CKD. We talk of duration of diabetes. We talk of established cardiovascular disease. We talk of finance. We talk of glycemic load of the patient and we talk of hypoglycemia risk. So if you point all eight points, even at every point you will find that SGLT2 inhibitor which can be used at any age, any duration of diabetes without hypoglycemia, they are now cost effective also. So probably now each and every type of diabetic patients, you can think of using these molecules and you have to find if you don't want to use them, what is the contraindication? Why you are not using it? Maybe a GLP-1 because it's injectable or a costly drug where you don't want to use. Or SGLT-2, you, somebody may have active infection or genitomycotic infection is already there. So you don't want to use or somebody is insulin deficient. Otherwise, as Anuj is rightly saying that, why not all type 2 diabetic patients should not be given the benefit of these newer drugs? So, Dr. Anuj, I would uh, like to know that are there any serious side effects associated with the use of these newer glucose-lowering agents? It's already mentioned by Dr. Bansi that there are the genital infections, there are the urinary tract infections. But fortunately, we have not seen these side effects uh, much in Indian population. Maybe uh, whatever reason may be behind this, that is still to be explored. But we did not find in such uh, a big, good number of the these side effects. What I have seen in my usual practice, in the especially in the patients of the SGLT2 inhibitors, a lot of patients, especially in the summertime, we see in the tropical countries, they come up with dehydration. As I already said, there is a mechanism through which a lot of water is also lost through the urine through while doing the osmotic diuresis when this molecule is being used. What we have to tell to all patients that they should take care of their proper water intake. They should take adequate water so that they may not having any dehydration kind of the problem. This is simply a thing which is to be counseled and we can solve this problem by proper counseling of the patient. Many of the time, especially in the older age, people don't prefer to take multiple times of the water because they think that if they will take it, they will have to go for the urination again and again. So by doing a, this habit of avoiding water, they may enter into dehydration kind of the situation. Apart from that, the serious side effect, what I can mention with you, that is the euglycemic ketoacidosis. So euglycemic ketoacidosis has been seen and it has been seen more commonly after the use of the SGLD2 inhibitor. It is a bit detrimental, although we say that it is utilizing the alternating fuel, utilizing the fat and heart is taking up the ketone bodies for its own energy needs. But we also know that a ailing heart, the heart already in trouble, might have been more affected if we 
find any such kind of the situation in which we see more of the ketone bodies are being formed and heart is already sick during the like uh, patient is in the MI, patient is already recovering from the MI. So we have to be very much careful while giving the benefit of these molecules to the patient, those who are seriously sick. I think you have uh, raised a very valid point, uh, Dr. Anuj. And to further elaborate on this briefly, I would like to ask Dr. Bansi, so what are the precautions uh, you would keep in your mind before you start anybody on SGLT2 inhibitors or GLP-1 analogs? So for SGLT2 inhibitor, if there is any active infection, particularly when patient is sick or in having a urinary tract infection or genitomycotic infection, it becomes, I mean, I'll be very cautious to start with the molecules. Rather, we would like to treat first that condition and then we can start because it's not a contraindicated, but it gives you a caution and we should not use when active infection is there. When patient is already sick or he's in hospital or ICU, probably this is not the molecule where it can be given. The insulin is always a choice. When you have a higher catabolism, a patient is already higher with catabolism, like tuberculosis is very common in our country, or a condition with diabetes where a patient is severely insulin deficient or a relatively insulin deficient, don't use this molecule. It may lead to euglycemic diabetic ketoacidosis. So, I mean, these are the, some of the conditions where I will not be using or at least I will wait for my confirmation of diagnosis. Now, as far as GLP-1 analog is concerned, one is that person is having a history of pancreatitis then you have to be, by using GLP-1, probably it becomes almost like a relative contraindication if somebody has a GL, to start with GLP-1 analog. And the second, again, with the patients who are relatively higher catabolism condition, who is already weight-reducing, at that point of time also, I would not like to use the GLP-1 analog also. And the other relatively patient may not like to use the GLP-1 because of the cost, and the second maybe because of injectable. So these are some of the precautions which I would like to take before starting the molecule. If we have already started the molecule with the GLP-1 or SGLT-2, please look for uh, infection part and explain the patient about the hygiene. That's very, very important for reduction of genitomycotic infection as well as urinary tract infection. And the same way, if the patient is started with GLP-1 analog, try to see that these patients are stable. They are not having any issue. Otherwise, like pancreatitis, which may happen, it's not very common. But uncommon side effects also, we should be very cautious when you are using these molecules. Thank you, Dr. Bansky. I think we had a very wonderful discussion. And before we conclude and wind up, I would just like to have a last one final word from you and as well as Dr. Anuj Maheshwari. So I would like to have one thing very important. This four clinical trials or four papers have really changed the way we are treating the diabetic. First was UKPDS, that all of us started understanding that type 2 diabetic patients are to be treated and it gives you immense benefit of reduction of micro and macrovascular complication. Then rosiglitazone paper had come. We told that it's not that any molecule, you can treat diabetic by any molecule because there are molecules while treating diabetes, it can increase the cardiovascular mortality. Then third thing had come, ACCORD trial, which had talked about that even an intensive control of a diabetes who have already a diabetes duration of more than 10 or 15 years, now the further glycemic control may not give you the benefit. 
it rather increases the mortality and then empiric outcome had come that by giving a molecule which decreases the cardiovascular benefit i mean that decreases the cardiovascular mortality or giving you the benefit of cv disease are the molecules which should be used in your diabetes patients not just any other anti diabetic agent so this full paper which i can say had really changed the way i used to treat diabetic patients and now what how i treat my diabetic patients is completely changed thank you amit very nicely put up by you dr bansi thank you dr anuj uh, what is your final take home message amit uh, we are in the centenary year of the insulin discovery for last 100 years we are fighting hard for getting a solution of this uh, hyperglycemia in the patients of diabetes especially the type 2 diabetes as well as of course in type 1 but type 1 the solution we could get in uh, insulin discovery but for the type 2 we were still looking for that we should get some drug which it can reduce the cardiovascular adverse outcome which can reduce the complications rates starting from 1955 when sulfonylurea has been first uh, discovered till today we have got multiple molecules uh, with us but uh, these two molecules which have been recently discovered glp1 receptor agonist and sgld2 inhibitor molecule actually these are the molecules of the vision what has been really thought for our type 2 diabetes patient because these are the molecules which can take us to a situation where a person can control his glucose without getting any adverse cardiovascular event that is the most important simply lowering down the glucose simply putting up at a lower level made be with the insulin made be with the sulfonylurea was actually not the aim of all diabetes treating physicians as well as the patient what we were really looking for to the molecule which can help us in future and these are the two molecules thank you dr anuj the take home message from our podcast is that the standard of the diabetes care is now not just determined by glycemic control but also by mitigating cardiovascular risk in people with diabetes especially so when evidence based medicines are available for our use i would like to thank ace for giving this opportunity to bring this podcast to you i am very grateful to dr bansi sabu and dr anush maheshwari for the vibrant discussion thank you thanks for listening to another great ace podcast join us for another episode at aace.com/podcasts and help us in our mission to elevate clinical endocrinology together we are ace